It is so good to see everybody joining us in the room and joining us online. It means the world that you have decided to be with us today. You could be a lot of other places, but you're here in the house of God. How many of you know there's just no place like church? I'll help you clap on that one. Uh, we're really excited about Revival Nights. I want to encourage you to please make plans to come be a part of that week. Uh, pastor Micah, who's my pastor, he spoke here back in February. I want to encourage you to please make plans. Uh, pastor Marcus Meekham, which I'm really excited for you guys to see. And Pastor Kevin, who has never been here, um, he's in Seattle, Washington, and he is like, I call him the Godfather. You want to meet and be a part of a service with Pastor Kevin. So, uh, just in case you haven't noticed, I have no voice. I went to my very first Mississippi State game yesterday. And I got the sunburn to prove it. I had several people tell me, said, Pastor, please wear sunscreen. And I brought it. But I forgot to put it on. And um, we screamed and we, I felt the Holy Ghost several times. <laughs> so all I can say is, hail state. <laughs> barely, barely last night. All right, we gotta do something important here, people. You wanna get us excited, start talking about football and then We'll get to Jesus in a minute, but anyway, <laughs> go Texas A&M. All right, let's talk. Oh, my Lord, get saved, people. We're in the house of God. Last week, we started a series entitled Ghost in the House, and I really feel like that made a great foundation from where we're going to go uh, from here, we talked last week about how we need the Holy Spirit because not everybody wants the Holy Spirit. And we talked about three reasons why people don't want the Holy Spirit in their lives. Reason number one was poor representation of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't have time to go back and listen to this message, I would encourage you, please do so. Poor representation of the Holy Spirit. We talked about how people can get out of order. People can be weird, people can do strange things, all in the name of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That some people have wanted to bring people to church, but because somebody is, or some people in that particular church may just express themselves in ways that are, you know, conditional to maybe how they were raised, uh, maybe that's just how they worship God, but we're trying to learn what does God's word say about the Holy Spirit and how do we express the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we talked about how some people go to extremes and act out in certain ways that they oftentimes say, I can't control it. You should go back and listen to this. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and when we hear people say, I can't control it, oftentimes that could be a sign that maybe they're immature in their faith and the second thing could be that they, they just uh, are refusing to be teachable. 
And, and what we're finding is that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, changes our lives, if the Holy Spirit is gonna make us do something, he's not going to overtake our faculties and make us do something crazy. If the Holy Spirit's gonna make you do something, he's gonna do what the Bible says in Galatians chapter five, he's gonna make you love, have joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness. Are you with me right now? So we have to remember that what we maybe have seen some strange demonstrations of the Holy Spirit, though the Holy Spirit can do some unique things, we're gonna talk through the series, the Holy Spirit can do some unique things, but they're not out of order. Everybody say amen. amen. Number two, incorrect information about the Holy Spirit. This is where people were taught that the Holy Spirit's not for today, you don't need the Holy Spirit, and we've come to the conclusion last week that if they needed the Holy Spirit then, before the world has gone to hell now, how many of you know we need the Holy Spirit in 2022? And number three was personally satisfied without the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is where we, have, we are so filled and so occupied with the things of our lives that the Holy Spirit has no place in our lives. So we talked about those three things last week and I wanna continue the conversation on Ghost in the House a lot of people have a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit, and we have different places we go, different writers, different authors, but for week number two, I wanted all of us together, why don't we just go to what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? We're gonna go to the red letters today. We're really strictly only reading Jesus and what he said, uh, going straight to the source. Um, you'll hear him cover things, why do we need the Holy Spirit? Who gets the Holy Spirit? Where is the Holy Spirit at? What does the Holy Spirit do? We're gonna spend some time working through this today. Uh, John chapter 16, if you're ready, say I'm ready. Jesus said, he's with his disciples, he's letting them know that my time has come to the end. He's with his disciples at the Last Supper and he says, nevertheless I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now just stay with me. Jesus, the greatest teacher who has ever lived. Jesus, who has revealed to them the mysteries of truth. Jesus, who has healed blind eyes, raised the dead, has done supernatural miracles in front of these men. He's trying to convince his disciples that the Spirit of God, not Jesus himself physically present, would actually be a better companion for them in the generations to come. And I don't know about you, but when you hear Jesus say that it's actually to your advantage, to your benefit, it is expedient that when I leave, the Holy Spirit comes in my place. And I don't know about you, but when I hear Jesus say that, I need to know more about the Holy Spirit. Well, what are you getting at? What, what, is, what do you mean? The scripture's letting us know that they were sad at the idea that he was leaving. And the next thing, the scripture lets us know that he is comforting, that's the words he uses. Scripture says that he is comforting him them with these words. So the idea of the Holy Spirit to the disciples 
was not a spooky, scary, uncomfortable thing. It was an exciting idea that Jesus was letting them know that when I leave, I'm sending the Holy Spirit in my place. Jesus was answering the question, why do we need the Holy Spirit? And when you really think about it, if Jesus were to be on earth today, Jesus were to be a physically present, let's say he's in Jerusalem, that's his ministry headquarters. Think about how much money you would have to spend to get to Jerusalem. Think about how much time you would have to wait in line to see him. And when you finally get your 30 seconds with Jesus, you better have every request every question, every doubt, every, everything about your kids, everything about your business. You have 30 seconds to give it to Jesus and then Jesus inform you of everything, help you with everything, be with you for 30 seconds. Jesus is saying with me leaving the earth, it is to your advantage that the Holy Spirit come. Jesus, if Jesus were to stay on the earth, it would be a logistical impossibility for us to connect with him. The Holy Spirit in all of us can do more on the earth than Jesus' physical presence could do with just a few of us. Am I helping you right now? What Jesus was for his disciples, the Holy Spirit is for the church. Write that down. What Jesus was for his disciples, his closest followers, he trained them, he led them, he inspired them, he corrected them. The Holy Spirit is for the church today. Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go because you want this Holy Spirit to come so that just 12 people cannot take up all my time. There's seven billion people that need my presence, and if I'm here, they can't experience me, so I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. That's the genius of God. Isn't that amazing? John chapter 14, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper. That word another helper in the Greek is the word parakletos, which means a carbon copy of the same nature that when the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, it's not a third down watery version of God. It is, the, it is the essence of who God is. It is God himself on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit. I was talking to the staff the other day is that the Bible teaches us that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. The Bible teaches. And one writer I read years ago said if there was any miracle, anything that hell wanted to stop, it was the resurrection of Jesus. Think of that. The devil may not have cared much about the woman with the issue of blood being healed or blind Bartimaeus being healed or, or this individual being healed, but the last thing hell wanted was Jesus coming out of that tomb. 
Because when Jesus came out of that tomb, he could still heal and save and deliver 2,000 years later in Columbus, Mississippi. He didn't want that to happen. And the scripture lets us know that spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is not out there in a nebulous cloud form, but is on the inside of you. And if hell couldn't stop Jesus from raising from the dead, I've come to tell you today, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if I didn't go to the state game, I would have preached like a madman right there. He said, the helper is coming to be with you forever, forever. Doesn't leave when you're bad. Doesn't dissipate and go away and disappear on good days and bad days. Holy Spirit be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Jesus is now letting us know who can receive the Holy Spirit, and it's those that are in Christ. For he will dwell with you, and he will be in you. Everybody say, in me. You know, when you think about, like, the President of the United States will trans, uh, will, will move across the nation in an airplane. Does anybody know the name of that airplane? Air Force One. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that Air Force One isn't Air Force One all the time. It's really only when the President of the United States, Bobby, is on that airplane. And when the President is on that airplane, it is then called Air Force One. It's also the same to be said if the president was on a little Cessna plane. If he's on that little plane, that plane is called Air Force One. Because the reality of it is the plane takes on a new identity based on the presence and the power of the person on the inside of it. The Holy Spirit when we emphasize the work of the Spirit in our life, we are opening our lives to the work of God's Spirit. And I want you to note today, I don't think the Holy Spirit came to just improve and make us a little better. The Holy Spirit didn't just come to make us better, he came to make us different. Are you still with me? The Holy Spirit, write this down, wants to work in our day-to-day -day lives. In our day-to-day -day lives. Now, many times people um, can assume that the Holy Spirit's just for church services, the Holy Spirit's just for Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit's just for the really weird people that are always getting prophetic words and want to wave flags around and making fun of my family in Ohio a little bit. How does the Holy Spirit help? How does the Holy Spirit make us into stronger Christians? How, how does the Holy Spirit make us better husbands? How does the Holy Spirit make us better wives or 
better employees or better employers. The scripture is letting us know that the Holy Spirit is in us and he's a part of our day-to-day lives. So there are some things that Jesus lets us know the Holy Spirit does in just a few verses. And can we walk through them today? All right. The first one, John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. The first thing he's referred to is is a helper. Everybody say helper. The Holy Spirit helps us and enables us to do God's will, to empower us to live a life that is God-honoring. How many of you know the Holy Spirit helps you keep your mouth shut when you wanna let it run? Come on, a big amen right there. I'll take a big one. The Holy Spirit will help you stay when you wanna walk away. The Holy Spirit will help you pray when you want to worry. The Holy Spirit will help you stand in faith when you wanna give up. The Holy Spirit will help you overcome bad habits, behaviors, pain, misfortunes. The Holy Spirit will help you in your day-to-day lives. You could literally be going into a job interview and you could say, Holy Spirit, help me. Many times you could be going into a complicated situation with your kids. You could say, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. I don't know where to go. Can you just help me? In addition to that Greek word parakletos, which means uh, a carbon copy, it also means help to come alongside. The Holy Spirit is to help us in our day-to-day life, not just church. That's good news. When we look, the next thing Jesus says is he says, the helper of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So number one, he is a helper, and number two, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Everybody say teacher. One preacher told me one time that the Holy Spirit is always teaching if we're listening. And I always assumed the way I perceived people talking about the Holy Spirit, I would always perceive people, the way they explained hearing from the Holy Spirit or hearing the nudge of God's presence leading them in a decision, or it always sounded objective or like something outside of their body just downloaded some random information that made no sense until it came to them. Now, let me say this. I absolutely believe the Holy Spirit can download things in our spirit independently and just speak to us. How many of you are glad God speaks to you? He can speak today, I should say. With that, I think we have to Be careful to not underestimate how the Holy Spirit can teach us and how the Holy Spirit can lead us into things that do teach us. And so instead of it always being, I'm just thinking and this crazy thought just pops in my head, which could be from God at times. But we have to also understand that the number one way, the number one way Without exception, the Holy Spirit speaks is through the Word of God. 
The Bible lets us know that the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. So if you wanna hear from the Holy Spirit, the first thing we need to do is to open our Bibles. If you wanna get a word from God, open up the word of God. Oh, you guys wanna talk about something else. Let's, talk, let's keep moving. That's the first place we hear from the Holy Spirit. I think there are other ways we hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, one way I really feel like I hear from the Holy Spirit oftentimes is in conversation. I could just be talking to somebody and something they said just sticks to me. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? And, it, and it's just sitting on me and it could be two or three days later, it could be a week later, it could be a month later, and that sentence has not left me, and, it, and, and it's just something there, and I believe the Holy Spirit could be using sentences out of other people's mouth to speak to us, to teach us. I think another way the Holy Spirit can speak to us are through good books, great podcasts. He could lead us to the right podcast, lead us to the right book, lead us to great mentors and small groups. And my, one of my favorite preachers in the world uh, Larry Stockstill, he's gonna be with us next year. He told me that one of the ways God speaks, and this is so hard to swallow, and I'm glad my wife's not here today to hear it, is through your spouse. She's not here today, her daughter's sick, so if she was here today, that would have stayed with me. But since she's not, I'll let you know a secret that a great preacher told me. Our spouses know us so well, and if they are a God-honoring, doing their best, seeking God, coming to church, God can use the people closest to us to try to communicate to us. I believe that. Now hear me, even though God uses all these different ways to speak to us and to teach us, never will they ever contradict the baseline that we work on, the Holy Spirit or the Word of God. Does that make sense? So if you're, you could say, well, my wife said that we are to do this, and I believe that our, our spouse or my husband, you said that God could speak to our spouses. But if it doesn't line up with the word of God, your spouse could be missing it, and you could be perceiving this moment incorrectly. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us. He wants to speak to us, but he's not gonna do anything that doesn't align with his word. I'll take a big amen right there. So number one, he is our helper. Number two, he is our teacher. And then in that same verse, the scripture lets us know that he will remind us. He's our reminder. Now, I don't know about you, but many times, many, many times in life, just doing normal stuff. It could be anything. And all of a sudden, something will pop back in my mind from a sermon I heard from a scripture I read, from a word someone gave me, that there are times that when I'm facing difficulty, the Holy Spirit has a way to bring something back and to encourage me, I know I'm not alone on this, to encourage me and to strengthen me, to center me, to, to get my focus again. The Holy Spirit has a way to just do that and to bring things back to your remembrance. But notice, he's not just telling you, he's reminding you, meaning that he's not gonna tell you something that you didn't already learn. 
So if you're never in the Word of God, if you're never in your small group, if you're never in a message, if you're never in worship, if you're never exposing yourself to the things of God, he can't remind you of anything, the things of God. This is so simple. I'm just trying to help you. And I, I want to I help some of you that oftentimes will maybe come up with this reason of why you don't go to church or why you don't read the Bible or why you don't get into books or, or podcasts that can strengthen your faith. Because a lot of times people say, I don't have retention. I, I can't remember everything he says. I can't remember everything I read. Can I tell you something? If you just keep putting it in, keep putting it in there, keep hearing the messages, keep taking notes, keep reading your word, you will be amazed by what will come back to your memory when you're facing hard times in life. The Holy Spirit is our reminder. So the Holy Spirit is our helper, according to that verse, 14, chapter 14, verse 26. He is our helper. He is our teacher. Number three, he is our reminder. And number four, he is our leader. John chapter 16, verse 13. When, however, the Spirit comes who reveals the truth about God, he will lead you. Everybody say lead you. He'll lead you into all truth. He's our leader. Now, I, I have been thinking about this and how can I help people understand how the Holy Spirit leads us. I believe the Holy Spirit, when we read the Word of God, I'm a huge proponent for people getting in their Bibles. I believe the Holy Spirit can lead us through the Word of God, can speak to us, conversations, individuals. But there are times in life that we just need some direction. What do we do? Where do we go? What do we say? And I believe that, that, that the next few moments I can help you. This has helped me a lot, this illustration. Are you ready? Someone say, I'm ready. Okay. Now, I'm taking you back to kindergarten. Now, I'm going to have to explain what these are in Columbus, Mississippi. I'm going to explain slowly what these things are for Columbus. I want to show you how the Holy Spirit leads us. The first color I want to show you is there are things in our Christian walk with God that are the green light zone. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to tell you to pray for somebody. He may lead you at times, put someone on your heart, but you don't got to wake up in the morning and if somebody pops in on your mind, you can't be like, God, is, is this your will? Do you want me to pray for them? It's a green light zone. Pray for them. You never, hear me, you never have to pray about forgiving somebody. Green light zone. It's in the word of God. You don't have to get up in the morning and be like, God, if it's your will, if you really want me to forgive them, just take the feelings away and I'll know it's your will. Green light. Here's another one. Serving others. Green light. Here's another one. Praising God in church. 
You don't get to sit there and be like, Lord, do you want me to raise these? <laughs> They're doing it, God. I'm in your will. He said, I would men everywhere raise their hands without wrath and without doubting. The Bible says to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. He says to clap your hands, all ye people. There's just something about getting in the presence of God, and we don't have to ask if it's his will to worship him. You're in the green light zone. Someone say green light zone. Here's another one. Reading your Bible. I'm just, these are so simple, but some people can be funny and think, well, if it was God's will, I would have the desire. No, the, 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 you have permission to read his word, to tithe, to give green light zones. Let me go up one more. Yellow is, if this one means go, this yellow light means slow. Columbus, yellow means slow. Not speed up. In normal, usual circumstances, in other parts of the country where we adhered to the law, yellow means Slow down, we're about to stop. Here's what I want you to understand. There are times, there are times in our walk with God and in our walk in life that things are not as clear as green and red. There are times. Should I, should I take this job? Should I date this girl? Should I move to this city? Should I go for this for my major? Should I disconnect from this individual? I would say there are many times, and I've used this to help a lot of people in my own life. I've used this, I use this to help a lot of people when they will ask me for advice about dating someone or getting into decisions. I will say yellow light means proceed with caution. Special attention is needed. The National Director of Operation Lifesaver uh, of Canada puts most of the blame for fatalities in, in Canada on drivers who are risk takers. People that go way too fast through yellow zones, yellow blinking light zones. People that go way too quick through moments that should be yellow light zones. Studies have shown, and we know this, studies have shown that when people hear a train whistle, their minds tell them to accelerate their speed or a yellow light, accelerate their speed. About 43% of accidents occur at crossings equipped with flashing lights, bells, or gates. Risk-taking, let me, let me help you. There are some things that are yellow zones that when you just don't know where to go, this is when you start making some phone calls. This is when you gotta get a mentor. This is when you start doing some research. This is when you start talking to your small group. This is when you start finding someone who's more advanced than you in life, more seasoned than you. If you're younger, I'm younger, I have no problem 
asking people who are further than me, what would you do in this situation? How would you do this? Because a lot of times I'll run into things that I'm not exactly sure how to handle it, but a yellow light will help me proceed with caution. Can I give you a few yellow light zones? If you just went through a divorce and you're gonna start dating, yellow light zone. Slow down. You've been through a lot. You've gone through a lot. Your kids have seen a lot. And sometimes the not wisest thing to do is to bring another individual in while, while wounds are still bleeding. Amen. Yellow light zone. Yellow light. Uh, when you hear things that you're not exactly sure the source was accurate, and they said, well, this is what I heard about this person. This is what I said, heard about that person, what I heard about that church. And this is what I heard about the pastor went to a state game, and I don't know about that. Before we jump to conclusions and cut somebody's head off, let's go with, with, with caution and say, you know, I'm not exactly sure what this is all about, but we'll just pray for them, we'll love them, we'll take, we'll, we'll, you know. Before you start jumping to conclusions that people are awful, you can't help but like people once you truly understand them anyway. Yellow light says slow down with information about people that comes from a source that may not be reliable. Because one thing I've learned, that if you want to get information around, just whisper it. Am I helping you right now? Um, yeah, we'll leave it, we'll leave it. Here, here's the last one, here's the last one. The, the red zone, this is the red light. Green means go, yellow means slow, red means no. Sometimes God says no. We don't like to always hear no. We don't always like to be told no. So what we oftentimes do is we look for people who will give us a go. Mama said yes, and my coworker said yes, and, and, and this person said yes, but what does God say? God, when God says no, God is not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. And sometimes God says no for now, but not forever. Does that make sense? Sometimes God says no for now, while you're raising kids and while you're doing this, it's a no for now, but it's, a not, it's not a no forever. There are other things that are strictly no that the red light's on. I've met with couples before in our church and other times where someone will sit with us and say, you know, Pastor, um, we are thinking about where we currently are, we're living together, and, and there's no shame. I'm not mad at anybody, but according to the word of God, you are positioning yourself out from under the government of God's word. I'll wait it out. Get a little warmer in the room. Can I tell you, 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 you're probably in the red light zone where God is saying, I have blessing for you, but when you continue to do things your way and not my way, it will produce chaos. You need 
to stop. Science says that the red light has a longer wavelength than the green light and it can be seen from further away. Isn't that interesting? The sooner you see the light, the sooner you will hit the brakes is the idea. Perhaps some of our problems come from us running red lights. In fact, if I told you to go home today, drive as fast as you want, and run every red light on the way home, which some of you already do, <laughs> but if you ran every red light on the way home, you're just opening yourselves up to an accident. And many of us are coming in asking God to fix things when for years you've ran through red lights. You can't keep running red lights. I can't keep running red lights in life when the Holy Spirit puts, his, puts the hand up and says, this is a no for you, this is a no, this is a sin, this is not good for you, this is not good for your wife, this is not good for your family, it's not good for your husband, you can't talk to them like that, you can't post that, you can't say that, and if you continually run through things that the Holy Spirit is telling you to not do, you're opening yourselves up to accidents and problems and situations Come on, talk back to me. And we're coming to church and saying, God, my life is a mess. What did I do wrong? What, why do bad things happen to good people? And I've often heard it said, if we just had more wisdom on the front end, we may not need, need so many miracles on the back end. Here in closing, I say this, we must follow the Holy Spirit instead of expecting the Holy Spirit to follow us. Is that helping you today? The Holy Spirit is leading us. He wants to be our helper. He wants to be our teacher. He wants to be our reminder. He wants to be our leader. He, he is trying to guide us. But I do think many of us insist on doing things our way, how we want to do them, say what we want to say, do what we want to do, but claim the name of Christ, go to church on Sunday, check the box off, post the picture, get the cute dress and the nice suit jacket and the really good looking whatever people wear to church. But not one time on Monday say, which light am I supposed to do today, God? This is for your everyday life. If it's just for in here, if it's just for in here, think about how powerless our lives become. The Holy Spirit is wanting to do for us what Jesus himself did for his disciples. And think about the amazing opportunity that is. That God himself said, I'm going to send my spirit to live on the inside of you. Not, not on the outside, to continually be leading you in your life. In red zones, and yellow zones, and green zones. Can I pray with you today? Are you thankful for the word of God today? 
Does that help anybody today? I want you to live a life of, I want you to live a Holy Spirit filled, Holy Spirit empowered life. And how we do that is by leaning into his direction, leaning into those nudges, leaning into those thoughts, leaning into his word, leaning into his kingdom, leaning into other seasoned Christians, getting wisdom and advice and saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do with these situations? With eyes closed all over the room, Father, I pray for every individual in this place who have maybe found themselves running through red lights, maybe stopping at green lights, maybe going too quick through yellow lights. I pray, God, you give us the wisdom to know when it's green, know when it's yellow, and know when it's red. Lead us into all truth. Guide us. Speak to us. Now, right where you are, I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you lead me? Will you lead me? Lead me in the office. Lead me at home. Lead me with kids. Lead me. I believe right now some of you the Holy Spirit is highlighting some green lights for you. Just highlighting some green lights that it's time for you to move in those areas. I believe for some of you, the Holy Spirit is reminding you to pump your brakes, to take your time, get some advice, get some counsel, pray a little longer, seek his word. For others, the Holy Spirit brought you here for a red light because you're on you're close to disaster. You maybe have moved a little too close to something that's dangerous for you and the Holy Spirit has stopped you in your tracks and says, don't, don't go any further. I can't make you stop the car. You hear me? The Holy Spirit can't make you stop. The Holy Spirit can't make you slow down. The Holy Spirit can't make you go. But the Holy Spirit does prompt us to let us know what we should do. Father, I pray our church be led by your spirit. Father, I pray our church will be helped by your spirit and we'll hear directly from heaven the plans for our life. We wanna be everything you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Are you thankful for the presence of God today? Will you stand with us all over the room? When I look over my life, I'm really blessed to, to, to be where I am today because of that leading thing, that red, yellow, green stuff. If you this week just ask the Holy Spirit to help you with your red, yellow, and green light, I promise you in just seven days you'll be able to sense a difference because the more 
we are sensitive to those, those nudges, the more sensitive we become to those nudges. Does that help you? So this week, open your heart, open your mind, open your life to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think for the Word of God today, church.